Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. In the late window, Kirk Cousins, three and six. Three and six, guys, for a grand total of 10 and 24 when it is later in the day. Now, that does not sound like some little fluke or some coincidence. Look. You know, Kirk Cousins, I'm sure he's an early riser. Got to get the campers up. We're wasting daylight. And maybe by the time the afternoon comes wasting around, daylight. he's in a yep. different place physically or mentally. But as the world's leading Kirk Cousins fan and apologist, I can tell you that a 10-24 and 24 record in the late window is incriminating. Get the campers up. Come on, kids. Wasting Let's daylight. go to U.S. Bank Stadium for a noon game against the Bears, the Lions. Kyle Brandt has now made a career of mocking Kirk by defending Kirk. Yeah, I know. It's genius. It really is. Yeah. Welcome in, Mackie and Judd, on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. Speculation. It's time for a scoop session with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from the 5 Eyewitness News Sports Department. It's playoff week. Doogie, welcome, man. Let's start with Vikings here. Happy playoff week. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Good morning, gentlemen. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Favorite day of the week. Yeah, nightmares came on January 1st. Nightmares about the Dallas Cowboys, November 20th, both in that 325. Hey, last time I checked, you're usually playing a pretty good team when you have that 325 kickoff or that Sunday night kickoff. Sometimes that Monday night kickoff, right? The easier games are scheduled at noon. So I get there. Yeah. Uh, actually, I want to put Doogie in uh, internet timeout here because his connection guy. Of course, we, we came out of the gate. We're ready to rock. It's Reckless Speculation Thursday. Let's fire it up. Gremlins. Internet gremlins. Gremlins. Get out of here. So we'll, uh, we'll we'll get him back in here in, uh, in a second, Doogie. So he's refreshing here. But I just saw so. Uh, offensive coordinator Wes Phillips is speaking to the media here as we record this podcast. Mm-hmm. And he was asked about Giants defensive coordinator Wink Martindale, who is the most blitz-happy defensive oh, yeah. coordinator by far in all of the National Football League. In fact, uh, Alex Boone on Purple Daily, the Trenches episode that posted this morning, did a full breakdown of like the exotic blitzes that they, you know, they'll send two extra guys over here. They'll run double stunts and just crazy things with a cornerback coming off the edge. And so uh, Wes Phillips was asked about Wink Martindale and the quote from Wes Phillips. He's going to have something for us, but we're going to have something for him too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring it on. That's what I told you. It's all about adjustments now. 
because you can't show them what you showed them Christmas Eve. You got to show them more than that and different things, right? I'm telling you, I'm going to predict it one last time before he departs um, as a free agent, probably in March. I think this is in in some way schematically the Irv Smith game. Wow, hey, drops, so you're kind of you're kind of on this. One, I'm in right? on okay. this. I'm in on this because it's a different player who didn't play. Well, hmm. I, I mean, if Jefferson has a big game, it's not different, right? If TJ Hawkinson goes off, and I'm going to bet that they're going to try and stop that from happening again, but it's not a different game. So, like, what are the differences? Like, what can you do differently? And I think presenting another pass catching tight end. It's not like Irv's going to have a huge game, but like we're talking the behind the scenes football, the football um, personnel groupings, right? Like it's all about giving the Giants. Are you just where, saying football words right yeah, now? Is that, no, I'm telling you, it's all about <laughs> when you play a team centers. this close in a playoff game, it's all about presenting different looks and philosophies that are just enough to throw that team off. I would say your opinion on this is in lockstep with our guy, the Rhino, Alex Boone, who thinks it's going to be a CJ Ham game. Uh-huh. Not that he's going to go for a hundred yards, no, or anything, right. but like that they're going to they're going to mix Agreed. in some extra fullback snaps. Yep. And, and and by the way, the Giants are, as you saw in the the last meeting between these two teams, the Giants are really bad at covering tight ends. TJ Hawkinson had thirteen catches mm-hmm. in that game, and Jefferson had twelve, but he has twelve against pretty much everyone. Hawkinson had the thirteen. And uh, and the other thing Alex said is he'd run two or three tight end sets. Who who said that? So you three can capitalize ago. on mismatches. So you guys are football. You guys are tracking. All right. Who said thirteen? Thirteen personnel. Who said that? Huh? Thirteen personnel. Yeah. One receiver at times. Uh, all right. Doogie has moved to a new place in the house here, where they still have yeah. not taken down the holiday decorations. Two weeks into January, it appears. That's fine, Duke. Absolutely not. Happy Our wife, tree. happy life, Phil. If she Got wants it. them up, I'm not going to complain. Our tree's up, Dukes. No problems. Oh, yeah. The tree's still up. Yeah. The tree's not in this vicinity, but yes, our tree is still up. It'll probably be up in February, March, April. Heck, maybe even until December 25th of 2023. Love it. Just keep it up. Just take the lights off it. You can change, you know, put oh, some, uh, well, you can do red, white, blue lights, lights, lights on the forest. It'll just, it'll stay as is. I guarantee you. <laughs> The lights I'm are not taking it keys. down, and I doubt she will, and the kids aren't. So, yeah, it'll be up for the next year. Love it. Okay, let's um, let's speculate, or uh, if you've if you've got information, which you probably do, on the status of some injured Vikings players. So, you know, they've been running out a third string center, Chris Reed, who has never played center in the NFL before, and he's actually kind of held his own aside from the snap count stuff in the first game. Um, what do we know about Garrett Bradbury, and then also? Brian Asamoah, so you're dealing with a mobile quarterback here in Daniel Jones, and you've got two, you're, at least your two base inside linebackers are both over the age of 30 and have a hard time keeping up in space. I feel like Asamoah could be an interesting sort of a spy-like secret weapon. So where are we at with Asamoah's knee? Where are we at with Bradbury's back, Doogie? I feel a little bit better about Asamoah playing on Sunday compared to Bradbury. Let's not forget Asamoah made a very nice play in that Christmas Eve game. Even that being said, like, I'd be shocked if he played more than a series or two. I mean, maybe he's mixed in here and there, Phil, but I expect to see Jordan Hicks, Eric Hendricks on the field plenty on Sunday. On Garrett Bradbury, our photojournalist Brian is in Egan right now. He texted me. He said Wes Phillips, who met with the media about 20 minutes ago, 
said Garrett looked good on Wednesday, but today's the day where they put the full pads on. Today is of the three days of practice, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Today will be, you know, the heaviest workload, right? Like this is where the most physicality will take place. So they truly won't know. I'd love to tell you right now definitively yes or no on Garrett. They really won't get a sense until tomorrow. I know there are concerns about where he is at conditioning-wise. So I would say it's up in the air. Like, I don't feel strongly that he's going to play. Let's not forget, like, right after that Jets game, I was telling Judd this on Tuesday, Phil. Right after that Jets game, that Monday, he was telling some other offensive linemen, walking was hard. But then he was on the field in limited fashion that Thursday. I remember being at TCO Performance Center, you know, ultimately didn't play against the Lions, but he at least was out there. So clearly he was able to walk. Then he gets into that fender bender after the Colts game on Saturday, December 17th. That didn't help matters, but Judd knows this. I texted him in early December, soon after that Jets game. I said, hey, we need to look into the possibility that Bradbury is out for the season. So I just know that there's been, you know, for lack of a better term, grave concern about his playing condition. But he will get out there today. They want to see how he responds today with the full pads. They'll have a better sense tomorrow. I think if Bradbury wakes up feeling okay Friday and Saturday, he plays. Um, so, yeah, they'll, they'll. the problem is not just will he play, but I think the question is if he does play, how long can he play? Because it's a back. And, I mean, that position uh, does not look – lend itself to trying to play through a bad back. What do we know about Harrison Smith, who sat out, I thought just as a safe or as a veteran day against the Bears, uh, but now he has shown up on the injury report, Dukes, with a knee limited in the first uh, injury report we saw yesterday. What can you tell us about Harrison Smith's status? Yeah, I saw him in the locker room on Monday. He didn't want to do anything on camera, so I'm a little bit from a distance, but he was laughing. He was smiling, something we don't always see with. Harrison so that makes me believe that he'll be okay like I haven't heard otherwise like I haven't heard hey Harrison Smith may not be able to go on Sunday hey get ready for the Josh Metellus show like I haven't heard anything along those lines Judd so my sense as we sit here on Thursday morning reckless speculation Thursday is that Harrison Smith will be out there on Sunday afternoon yeah interesting um so another interesting quote that just came across here uh these coordinator press conferences are happening as we record this. So Ed Donatel says the veteran players on the Vikings defense are, this is from Will Raggetts, uh, the veteran players in the Vikings defense are kind of taking over the team this week. Quote, I think you'll like the way we play. Um, Kevin O'Connell said earlier this week that he, ex- he it was the tone of it was interesting. He kind of said, like, we expect the defense to go out and have a good game. This this feels like a last stand for Ed Donatel's defensive coordinator career here against the Giants and through this playoff stretch, right? It's like the he's he's been a coordinator a handful of times. Um, What do you what do you make of of where they stand? I mean, is he is he coaching for his job? Is he is he out because of how bad they were in the regular season? What do you and there's going to be some candidates out there, Doogie. I have a list of seven interesting names in front of me right now. Uh, that we'll go over at some point. But there's some dudes out there that could come in and be your defensive coordinator that have ties to Kevin O'Connell. Absolutely. I mean, barring some sort of miraculous three- or four-game run here starting on Sunday, I'm fully prepared 
to start searching on, you know, who those candidates are, you know, will the Vikings reach out to them? Like, I think the end is near here for Ed Donatel. Now, yes, if they play unbelievably well against the Giants, shock us. I do think the Niners beat the Seahawks. So then the weekend of January 21st, if the Vikings, I think that game would be on Saturday, not Sunday. So let's say it's Saturday, January 21st. The Vikings go to San Francisco or Santa Clara, I guess. If they win that game, if they shut down Debo, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle and company, move on to the NFC Championship game, then play well, maybe lose or play well, shut down Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, (laughs) win, get to Glendale in February. Okay, we can have a different conversation, but I'm not sure I like all those chances of happening. Can see them winning on Sunday, but not sure I see much beyond that. So I'm just telling you, I am preparing as if there is going to be a change. And if, if I can offer up a reckless speculation fly in the ointment that has emerged out of speculation. Los Angeles, California, it would be this. Sean McVay looks like he is going to step down. Like it just looks like he's th- thinking about his life and he's married now and he wants to spend some time o- away. And plus the Rams might suck. So he's looking he, at that roster. He's like, he ah. can get, he can go to Fox or CBS or NBC, Amazon and get millions of dollars. Um, it sounds like the Rams have given the okay, Darren, for the assistant coaches to at least dabble in talking to outside teams to see if they, they can get jobs because a new coach might not keep them, which leads us to this one Raheem Morris, who was a candidate for the head coaching job here, who I believe is friends and tight with O'Connell. Um, and who probably runs a system that O'Connell absolutely loves. And I think part of the Donatel problem was O'Connell brought in, bought into a vision that has not been fulfilled. Like Ed came here and it's like, you're going to run the, you're going to run the Fangio. And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. No question about it. Kevin, I'm going to run the Fangio. Uh, Raheem Morris, if he is not going to get a head coaching job, it would seem to be a pretty seamless transition for him, uh, to be on O'Connell's list of potential dc's for the vikings in 2023 what if i told you that i think sean mcveigh remains rams coach that eventually he'll make that transition making millions of dollars being an excellent broadcaster mm-hmm. but that i can see him coaching the rams as dire as that roster looks Ooh. you know the future outlook with their lack of draft picks i can still see a scenario where sean mcveigh is los angeles head coach you also mentioned it does raheem morris get one of these head coaching jobs where yeah. He's going to be in that mix. But if those dominoes fall, Morris doesn't get a head coaching job. McVay ultimately does walk away. By the way, who's the next Rams head coach? Would Raheem Morris have a chance to be elevated there in Los Angeles? But if all those dominoes fall and Morris is sitting there, yes, we can connect those logical dots. By the way, on Fangio, where does he end up? Now, I was – told like I don't think it'll be here like I think he's going to be a DC somewhere in 2023 I don't think it'll be here so that is not a name on my list even though I do think he'll be back in the league he's Peyton's guy right well yeah there is and 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 the the Broncos are talking I think with Sean Payton so it would be really interesting would Vic Fangio go back to Denver as the defensive coordinator get fired as the head coach there would he go back as a defensive coordinator under – and, I mean, George Payton was part of firing – George Payton fired him, right? So could you go, could you go back in that building as a defensive well, coordinator working for Sean Payton? You 
could because Sean isn't going to report to George. Sean then would report to the owner. And considering Vic and Sean's relationship, I mean, you know, this would be reckless speculation. I don't have any sort of deep insight, but I guess I could see it because of that Sean-Vic relationship and George not necessarily needing to be in that mix. I think George would get pushed out entirely. I, I think where Peyton goes, he gets control of the roster. Well, he he's going to have to have control, right? I mean, right. he's got That's that sort of, you know, trump card, right? So, I mean, you know, he yeah. can tell Denver, you know, in, in you know, however you want to term it, hey, F you, right? Like, I'll go to Carolina or I'll go here or there yeah. if you're not going to give me personnel control. So, sure, Sean absolutely has that hammer. Yeah. Um, any other Viking stuff to clean up here before we move on to, to other matters in Minnesota sports? Anyone? Well, I mean, I heard you guys when I was having, you know, the internet gremlins, you know, I don't know if you referenced, was it Alex Boone, Phil, you know, about, you know, using two tight ends. I mean, I think we'll see eight to 10 snaps, maybe even more, you know, where they have the two tight ends in the game. I mean, if you look at it, the Giants don't do a good job, not just that game on December 24th where TJ Hawkinson blew up, but for the totality of the year, the Giants haven't defended tight ends well at all. So I think we'll see a handful of snaps where it is, Hawkinson with Irv Smith Jr. That's 12. That's 12 personnel. Could they find a way to put 13 personnel? Oh, oh. Okay, John, so you're blocking tight ends. Over here, huh? Huh? Yeah, Munt, Munt by, uh, by Udo to give you more blocking presence, and then you leak Smith or Hawk out. Dude, I'm going to tell you, I think I'm getting the terminology right here. Alex suggested what I think would be 23 personnel. Football. Where you would have... You'd yeah. have Cook, Ham, no, and three tight ends no with five offensive, uh, five, five offensive linemen and, and Kirk Cousins. Anything can happen. You could, you could, it could be play action. It could be a pitch out. It could be, it. it could be anything. I love the Rhino. <laughs> Inject it all. <laughs> I love the Rhino. Oh, it's fantastic. He had Bring a bro. It. He had a bro sleepover with Jeremiah Cyril's last night as we were recording. And you could just hear Jeremiah in the background yelling and disagreeing about six times the That's things awesome. the boom was saying. It's like, get on camera. <laughs> um, so Jeremiah was in town. He's now an agent. So I they're they're both the other day. I'm curious to find out who John Michael Schmitz chose. I yeah. presume that Jeremiah was in that mix. I don't know if John chose him or not, though. They are uh, so they're they're they've got sort of a, a blossoming offensive line training company that uh, that that they run all these these camps right next to the Twin Cities Orthopedic. It's part of the Twin Cities Orthopedic Performance Center. So you'll see Boone just wandering around over there in Vikingsville. <laughs> and he's been saying pretty openly on the show, if Ed Ingram wants to come over here, I've got about a million things I could help him with, but I'm not going to beg. So, Although Ed, Ingram. Ed has gotten better. I mean, it's still a relatively low bar, but if you watch him in December compared to October, I do think there was improvement. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a monster offseason for Ed heading into year two. Yeah. Um, okay, I know you guys did a deep dive on the Carlos Correa signing right after it happened a couple days ago. But now that we've had 48 hours and press conferences, have you heard anything else about how this whole thing sort of came together again or stayed together? Falvey was apparently blowing up Scott Boris the entire time. Scott Boris is mad about the medical process because, oh, he just lost commission on $150 million. So what else are you hearing about how that whole thing came together a couple days later, Dukes? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty obvious being there at Target Field on Wednesday, Phil, that that Scott had this narrative that he was going to deliver. 
about the orthopedic community, right? So <laughs> that didn't surprise me. He's got his talking points, right? When he holds court at the winter meetings, I mean, he's got, you know, his one or two main talking points always laid out. So that was the main talking point on Wednesday with, with Scott. What I, what I gathered after, after the, the table festivities, you know, some people held court afterwards was, the Twins really didn't feel like they had a realistic chance, like a real realistic chance to actually secure Carlos's services until Monday afternoon, right? I've been getting some blowback on Twitter. I've been suggesting going back weeks that I thought after the Mets verbal agreement that they would find a way. You know why I said that? Because every high-ranking Twins official said, as of Sunday, he is still going to be a Met, yeah. right? Like the Twins did not feel like, you know, as they went to bed Sunday night, that they actually were going to land Carlos, right? So I was verbalizing what I was getting on background, that the Twins were convinced that the Mets would find a way all along, right? But I think it's a great deal, right? I mean, if you're the Twins, you know, you have some protection there years 7 to 10, you know, there was a lot of talk about Dr. Chris Camp. By the way, the Twins physician, Dr. Chris Camp, would you believe this previously? One of the team doctors for the New York Mets. Oh. You know, but there is a belief that Dr. Camp with Mayo Clinic is a little bit more conservative. I mean, we know there's a metal plate in the leg, right? That there are ankle concerns, but I think there is something to be said. Carlos laid this out. I'm with him. The ankle hasn't been an issue since the surgery in 2014. We're now nine years later. If it was going to be an issue, In all likelihood, it would have been an issue along the way. What I couldn't get clarity on is with that plate in there, is arthritis an issue somewhere down the road? Is a bone dying in place somewhere down the road? But there's a good bet that if that were to take place, one of those two things or both, that it won't take place in the next six years. So that's why I think it's a great deal for the Twins. And Dukes, that's the difference. So, like the Giants, and especially the, the Mets, organizationally, were trying their best to pass him. So, like they wanted, like the Mets didn't say they well, did. We... Although the Mets wanted him to have to pass a physical, right. for those other years to then vest, right? But the Twins are not requiring that. It's a team option, so the Twins can just decline it. But he doesn't have to pass a physical after year six for year seven to kick in if. If the plate appearances threshold hits, then the option vests. But the Mets wanted it contingent upon him having to pass a physical after each season. The Twins are not requiring that. And the the Twins, though, essentially getting the uh, Boris Correa camp, and this is a small miracle, down to six years is the key. Because if the Twins had come back and said, okay, screw it, 10 years, I, I would have said you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. But this contract, and, and you know, the thing they do, they're not going to discuss this, but, guys, the most important thing here is this contract, while it is very nice for the player, uh, screams to the fact that the concerns are real. Like, there's no oh, way absolutely. you do well, this contract. Even the Twins redoing the deal, right? right? I mean, initially the so Twins saying, offered 10 285 yeah. right? I mean, if the Twins didn't have any concern, they just – they make that same offer, 10 So it absolutely screams that there is concern. But I think the concern lies in years 7, 8, 9, 
and 10, and that's where the Twins have the hammer after each of those years. Do you think they'll trade a starting position player for a a good major league starting pitcher? Yes, I can see that happening, Phil. Nothing seemed imminent when I left Target Field late Wednesday morning. But, yes, talks have been ongoing for a while. I brought up the name Pablo Lopez with Miami just because I know Miami has shown interest in Max Kepler. They've shown some interest in Louis Arise. Now, I wouldn't do Arise for Lopez. If there were multiple more parts involved, okay, maybe you could talk me into it. But, like, with that being the base, I'd rather have Louis Arise than Pablo Lopez. Like, to me, if you're going to trade Arise, I'm not anti-trading Arise, but it has to be for a better starting pitcher than Pablo Lopez. But certainly Lopez has come up. I know there's been some chatter out there about the Twins reaching out on Michael Waka. Like, nothing is even close to happening on that front. I think the Twins are aiming higher than the best free agent available. I brought up Trevor Bauer's name on Tuesday with Judd, just from the standpoint of, you know, like you think about Bauer's agent, one of his agents, John, played in college with Thad Levine. Like, they go back many, many years. They have a rock-solid relationship. Then Falvey has the history with the player in Cleveland. So I mentioned there's going to be an internal conversation, but knowing St. Peter, knowing Falvey, like they value, you know, well, they certainly value what the fan base, a good portion of the fan base thinks, right? But they also value some other things. Bottom line, Trevor Bauer is not in the mix here with the Twins. He's about to clear. He'll be an outright free agent here before the week is over. The Twins are not pursuing Trevor Bauer. That was another note that that resonated on Wednesday. Yeah. All right. Last minute here with you, Doogie. Uh, empty your scoop bag. Anything else in your Minnesota sports? Well, yeah. Well, I'm the twin. Yeah. So tomorrow's that arbitration deadline, right? You either, you know, reach an agreement on a 2023 contract or it goes to the arbitrator, right? So you've got guys like Arise, Pagan, Mally, Thielbar. So I know talks are ongoing with all those guys on, on finding a happy medium, avoiding having it get to the judge, right? So the Twins are working diligently on those 2023 contracts. So far, no talk on a multi-year deal for any of those guys that could change down the road. But right now, the focus is on 2023 contracts. Otherwise, boys, I'm off to go hang with Carter Coughlin's dad, doing a little story, at least want to feature him with Carter playing his first playoff game, the former gopher, Eden Prairie Eagle. He's a New York Giants linebacker, really good special teams player. So That'll be fun for the Coughlin family on Sunday. Awesome. Great stuff, Doogie. Happy Reckless Speculation Thursday. Thanks for the inside info on Minnesota sports. How about your Wolves last night, Phil? Uh, I don't want to talk about those Wolves. (laughs) Well, okay, Anthony Edwards. Just contest some threes. How lazy was their defense last night? It is unbelievable how often this takes place. Yeah. My God. And just when we thought they turned a corner, it's just... It's pathetic. It's never ending. And that's why, you know, I'll keep an eye on it. I still don't think Glenn Taylor wants to cut the check. But Chris Finch would be the easy move, right? And so it's at least on my radar somewhat. Like, I don't sense it's happening today or tomorrow. But put it this way. It's not like I'm just throwing it off to the side. I'm at least, you know, I'm at least trying to read some of the tea leaves and checking some text messages and all that. Like, I can see it happening maybe after the season, right? Like, I don't know if Chris Finch at this point is going to be here a while. I feel bad because I do think he's a brilliant offensive mind. Yeah. But I think the maybe end he's is just a really good nearing. He might be a good lead, just a great lead assistant. 
Maybe. Maybe yeah, that's his like future. an offensive coordinator type. Mm-hmm. Possibly. You know, I wouldn't necessarily write the final chapter on his head coaching career, but I'm just telling you, it's something on my radar when it comes to his Minnesota head coaching career. Yeah. There he is, Darren Doogie Olson from the Five Eyewitness News Sports Department. We'll catch you next week, Dukes. Okay, take it easy, boys. Glad yeah. this connection worked. See ya. All right, yep, great stuff. Yep, so keep the keep those holiday decorations up as uh, as long as you guys want. Are we're like, we're the type of house where the day after Christmas oh. ends, th- those things are gone. Don Don has been saying for three weeks now. I got to take the tree down. And I'm like, no, you don't. It is the greatest nightlight of all time. It is a good nightlight. <laughs> I come downstairs, you know, at 2 in the morning, house ordinarily pitch black, not with Christmas tree, because those lights are always on. Yeah. It's a great nightlight. And she's like, it's got to come down. I'm like, no, it doesn't have to come down. You're a real tree Do you or guys a fake replace... tree guy? Yeah, that was my question. Do you oh, replace the fake... tree every no, year? No. no, it's a fake tree. Yeah. We stopped with real trees in the 90s at some point. She was big on that for a period of time, but I'm like, if the needles come off, I'm paranoid about fires. Like they dry <laughs> out. I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm paranoid about our house. You know, she burns candles, which I love spiralite, of course, but then I don't want those to catch fire with the tree. Yeah. No fake tree with, with, with those small lights. So yeah. it's not like big lights. So they don't burn hot. It's a great nightlight. Leave it up all year round. Wow. With the, let's not say if you're going to leave your tree up, you could change the light colors for different times of the year, like St. Patrick's sure, yeah. Day season. Yeah. You could have some green lights, red, white, and blue in the summer, you know. July 4th Christmas tree. This some is orange genius. lights around oh, you, Halloween time. And... Oh, you should patent this idea and make the lights. We had uh, two, awesome. two trees. Yes, I'm I am inventing orange lights. Yeah, I'm the first that is, person that to is ever That is the first guy that's ever done that. Halloween tree. I had a, We had two and a half trees up. At our house, we had two full trees. Wow. The fiance loves Christmas. I thought I, I mean, I like Christmas. I really like Christmas, but I'm pretty much married to Buddy the Elf. Um, so we have two large trees, but of course she uh, nice. has to be in control of the decorating and the cleanup and all that stuff, which is great for me because I don't really want to assist with that either. So it ends up working out win, win, win. We all win in that situation. I bring the tree upstairs. I throw the parts down. Dawn assembles it. She does all the work. It's fantastic. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. I like that. I'm going to ask the women how they feel about this. Maybe oh, she like a little, little no, more I think she likes from... it. I think she no, could, Dawn yeah, likes it. So does Kelsey. If she loves it, I, I don't want to do it. Just stay away. Just You guys yeah. just stay away. Bring me some champagne halfway through. Yep. And, okay. Champagne yep. or some vodka. Yep. I mean, who knows? Some wine. Yes. I, I never know in my Whatever house. it is. <laughs> Amazing. All right. Uh, well, that's a scoop session here on this Reckless Speculation Thursday. We will catch up with the biggest Vikings fan we know. Randy and Cottage Grove, also today on Mackie and Judd. Football. All right. He is the most passionate Vikings fan we know. He has, with his mock draft film study over the years, correctly predicted multiple Vikings draft picks over the last, I don't know, three or four years. He is none other than Randy Vikes69 on Twitter, Randy and Cottage Grove. And uh, we understand that you are not happy with us. And we would like to no. give you the floor here. This is a transparent, open show, and so and you have been a part of the show here for a number of years. So let's let's you can air your grievances. We'll give you the platform. Go ahead, Randy. Randy, hello. Hmm. Is he ghosting us? Nope. It'd be after we ghosted him with Carlos Correa, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Randy, are you there? I heard him grunt. I heard him grunt earlier too. 
Mm. Well, yeah, all the, can, can you hear me? Oh, oh, there he is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, th- that this is a big week, as I don't have to tell. Uh, apparently, I do have to tell you guys. Well, that's what we want to give you. The I don't know you, your phone cut out there for a little bit. So go ahead. We know you're not happy with us. So why don't you go ahead and say your piece? Go ahead. Well, it, pretty much all uh, all season, I've been getting pretty good lather worked up coming in on uh, doing the Tuesdays, doing the the stables. Yeah, and we love the stables. Yeah, and but... what 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 happened on uh, Tuesday? I you know. Well, I, the, 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 listen, we have a. I know people think, well, it's podcasting. You can just kind of do as many episodes as you want. Well, we're on a very tight schedule around here with a lot of different plates spinning, and so uh, Carlos Correa signed the biggest contract in Twins history. Big whoop. Right? Well, we just we had to. There's a, there's audience that wants to hear us talk about Carlos Correa, so we figure we'll just. Catch up with you later in the week. We just wanted to reschedule with you. We Should had to go be that live. Big of a deal. You know, the we funny thing is, with uh, with uh, with baseball, uh, you know, I I I do enjoy softball, which is a similar kind of a activity. But with baseball, there's a lot of a lot of playoff games. I don't know if I had to tell you, if you win a World Series, you you win you know like a dozen games, something like that. Uh, it, the NFL, you just got to win four games, four four big games, and. And when and we we've we've won more playoff games since uh, the local baseball squad has won even one. It's yeah, been quite true. a while, yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, if, is your point that uh, we should we, we should be focused more on the task at hand with the Vikings? Jazz, yeah, pump it up, jazz the guys up. Get you know, how do you think they feel if if they're listening, trying to you know get get a pulse for the the fans where our confidence is at, and then then they tune in maybe. Some of the guys I know like to like it when they hear themselves in the stable. Well, you mean some of some of the Vikings players like when they hear you put them in a stud stable? Yeah, they, Is that they, what you're they, insinuating? Well, they, they sorry, they put themselves in the stable. I just oh. I just okay. pass it along. <laughs> but you've gotten feedback from the players themselves, huh? Listen, yeah, people. Th- th- let's just say they you guys have more reach, uh, I think, than you realize. And uh, I, I, I just you just put it out there that a lot of the guys felt like this week had a little momentum lapse where they normally would get kind of jazzed up and snug on a Tuesday. Uh-oh. Are you also saying that Vikings players, active Vikings players, are sliding into your DMs on Twitter? Just hear, I hear things. I, I connected to some guys. I still I still know people, and people like to like to get jacked up, get pumped up, and get you know, kind of get a sense of the stable going into the playoffs. Okay. I don't want to disrespect you. I, I don't doubt that. Maybe a Vikings player or two has stumbled into the uh, Randy and got a Our bad, Randy. Day. Our bad. We take full responsibility. We're sorry. It won't happen again. And I, I don't, think, I don't a, think the Twins I, are going to sign another two hundred million dollar contract anytime soon. So you should. I be had good. a. I had a. I had a dud stable for for uh, for the team across the border as well. And then now that feels stale. No, I don't think I don't. I don't think it's ever stale to make fun of the Packers during a moment of torment. So. Well, I'll do you do whatever you want here, dude. It's your it's your it's your segment. Do whatever you want. It's just been a tough week to try to get get this town rowdy and jacked up and, and looped up and ready to rock. And if if we fall flat this weekend, you twins, you you got someone to blame. Yeah, I know the the twins probably could have waited a week, right? Like, why are they? Couldn't they have waited till the, spring training doesn't start until after the Super Bowl? Couldn't the you twins could, have respectfully just sort of moved out of the way and let the Vikings have? I the more Randy. Goes down well, this path. I think I agree. It's kind of selfish of the Twins to cut into the Vikings' excitement this week. 
We're guilty too. Baseball is what we call a what we call a distraction sport. You pay attention for a couple weeks in the summer, but but uh, this is the Vikes town. This is a purple town. Uh, this is the the state of hawk, as you say. And uh, it, it, the time it, time time is now to to get get focused. Get 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 your eyes back on the prize. So if, if you go ahead and do the music. I'll, I'll do oh, my sure. best. I got you. All right, this is uh, it's, it's it's stable time. I don't even know if it's a stud stable, dud stable. I don't know what we're doing here, but the floor is yours, Randy. You got it's a double a double stable. First off, we're gonna oh, do a oh, little oh. good goodbye to the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, they've got this uh, guy who uh, this blogger was going at a lot of people. This uh, this Peter Bukaki or whatever his name is. <laughs> this guy is this this guy is bad. He's bad news. Uh, he, That's he the guy the that you picked a fight with Judd, or did, yep. Judd? Did you pick a fight with him? Who started I, that I fight? I picked the fight, but Bukaki's his name. <laughs> he called the Vikes frauds. He called us frauds. And, and 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 Peter, Peter, take a look at the mirror now, okay? Who who's the fraud? Who, who didn't even make the playoffs when a lot of people picked you? You guys, uh, you're, you're asked to win the whole thing. You're on the outside looking in. So Peter, you go ahead and hang your banner, DVOA. I got some. You can kiss my DVOA, Peter. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron fired. Aaron, excuse me. Just keep going. Keep Go going. Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. You're going to be like Favre 2.0. You can't make up your mind if you're going to play. If you're not going to play. If you're going to go date a witch, whatever it is you do, I'll tell you what you're not going to be doing anymore. You're not going to be going to the playoffs ever again in green and gold. Aaron Rodgers, you're done. And finally, a lot of people a couple years ago wanted to crown his ass, say he's the best new coach. Everyone is a hot new pretty boy. Well, Matt LeBlanc, right now, you're on the outside looking in. And you, you got a team that can't even get can't even get back to the postseason with a future Hall of Famer under center. Matt LeBlanc, have a good long offseason because you're a dud. How you doing? How you doing? Yeah, how, yeah, how you doing, Randy? You know, let's turn it to positivity. These guys hey, might, might have been distracted earlier in the week, trying to get, get you all you know hot and snug about the Twins. Who cares? The, the go, Twins, get get back to me when you you know so go sign Roger Clemens or whatever. But this is this is a football town. This is a football town ready to make a run. And this is all about four victories. That's all we need, four in a row. And, Kirk, you're the guy to lead us there. So we're going to look ahead. This is a future stable. And this Sunday, Kirk Cousins, you're going to sling it. You're going to zing it. You're going to put it in the tight windows. And you are not going to be afraid to take those hits. Let the blitzes come. You'll beat them. You'll take a beating. But we're going to win. Kirk Cousins, you're a stud. You like that? I like it. You like it. Here's a guy who's been there all season long, and I expect him to be there again on Sunday. I'm going to put him on 10 catches and at least 180 yards. Justin Jefferson, get ready to get snug because you're a stud. Yeah. 10 catches would actually be fewer than he had the first time these two teams played. I'd still take that, though. Give me 10 catches. And the guy we traded for this this season, excuse me, halfway through, he put up a whole season's worth of work in about a a truncated season, as they say. And this is TJ Hawkinson. TJ, you've got the flow. You've got the lettuce, as the kids say. And this weekend, you're going to make a little lettuce. You're going to make a little cheese. And you're going to bring home some of that bacon because, TJ Hawkinson, you are going to be a playoff stud. There it is. All right. And finally. Oh. Oh, wait. Excuse me? No, go ahead. Sorry. And finally, this is a guy who came in. And when he came in, we all knew this is he's got a little something special. He's got a way to take these guys up to a level that they've not been at before. 
Well, that continues with four wins, and the first one's this weekend. And I want you to look in the mirror. I want you to tune out all the Twins news, all the uh, Timberwolves and Wild. This is your town, KOC. This is your team, KOC. And this is your time, Kevin O'Connell, because you are a stud. Wow. And now he's gone. Fired up, though. He's gone, man. Dude, he is fired (laughs) up, and he's got a point. Like we did. Knock well, what him, point does he have? <laughs> we did knock him off his ordinary segment, oh. which is, you know, for Twins news. So I can sort of. I didn't think that Packers stuff was stale. I think it's still hilarious. They got whooped on national TV by the Lions, who had nothing to play for. A lot of cocky Packer you know, fans out there after Week Seventeen, right? Why would the Packers hire an actor? As their coach, too. I mean, Matt LeBlanc, it was going to fall apart at some part. It was, yeah. At some point, right? I mean, 13 games, 13 games, 13 he, games, one. He's done a pretty good job considering he's an actor, yeah. and not a football yeah. coach. Right. You know, for a guy with acting experience only right. to have multiple 13-win seasons. Got to be honest, Matt, too. Matt LeBlanc. If I had my choice, LeBlanc, Matthew Perry, Schwimmer, I'm going LeBlanc. Oh, that's a list. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Perry, unfortunately, I think even he would tell you that it's yeah, it's kind problems. of a rough road for him, right? And Schwimmer, and Schwimmer, Schwimmer just, would just kind of drive people crazy. Yeah, yeah everybody, you got to play. Yeah. Yeah. I just wouldn't like Too that. Too Post game speeches would be not quite as fiery. So, well, there's a there's a, a double stable Thursday here for you. You have the dud stable and the stud stable. Uh, we have we have some breaking NFL news here as we record yeah. this too. We now know where the neutral site AFC Championship game will be played. If there indeed is a need for it, if the Bills and the Chiefs wind up facing each other, okay. it'll be played at a neutral site. Judd, have you seen this yet? I have not. I have not seen. Do you it. want to take you want to take three guesses as to where the neutral sure. site will be? Sure. Well, um, I know Indianapolis was asked and said no, thank you last week because of a volleyball tournament, I believe. So that would actually make a lot of sense. That's out. <laughs> Uh, here's what There's I'm a volleyball gonna... tournament at that stadium. I don't know what it is, but you know they've always got. Or the hotels are all taken. Always... A... Yeah, exactly. That's pro- probably uh, that in the convention business and all that. Uh, I'm going to guess Atlanta. Look at this guy right here. Look at this guy. Atlanta. Good stadium. Vacant. Yeah, it's a. Uh... Yeah, some people were speculating maybe Vegas would do it. I don't think you but, fly uh... those teams all the way west, right? Yeah, keep them. I mean, yeah, keep them close to the same like their time. Fans so. can, their fans can get to Atlanta probably. You know, that's a long But, the, but their flight. fans would rather get to Vegas. Yeah. Well, their rich fans would. But if you're a meat and potatoes driver. Yeah. Rich fans. Rich people are. Vegas isn't just for rich people. No, but I'm saying if you know, you're not. How about a spirit flight and be out yeah, there and. I'll be there but, if couple, you're not, but if you're not rich, what I'm saying is if, if you're in Buffalo, you might be able to get in your car and drive to Atlanta. Yeah. Judd's if you right. can't afford a flight, you're not going to drive. Judge right that the Atlanta location is centralized between both. It's more centralized between both cities. Like KC to Vegas is a lot easier than Buffalo to Vegas. Like Atlanta, at least there's like they're going to travel probably Who's more. Who's driving about. from Buffalo to Atlanta? All I'm Buffalo Bills fans will. Dri- yeah, the buff. The How long would mafia? that take? Well, it'd be long, but it wouldn't be nearly as long as Las Vegas. Vegas yeah. I feel like you're talking about like eight. Eight hardcore fans that would hop in a van and drive from Buffalo. I'm telling, to, you, to I'm telling you, they're looking for a centralized location yes, for those. That's families. a 14-hour drive. Yeah, well, what's the drive to Vegas? What's the drive from Buffalo to Las Vegas? Okay, flights from Buffalo to Las Vegas. Okay, that week. That's very important. 
Yeah, because they'll jack because they'll jack them up. Yep. Yep. Okay. Well, let me let me type in the dates here. So what we this is going to be? Uh, when's the Super Bowl? The that's the twelfth. Well, championship. So this we- is championship the, weekend would be two weekends from now. So uh, so it would be uh, the twenty eighth. The twenty eighth. So let's say you're going to fly out on a maybe fly out on a Friday and come back on come back on a Monday or something. Sure. And you can oh, spend a couple nights like in that. Las Vegas. All right. Look at this. You can hop on a Frontier flight right now for a hundred fifty bucks. You'd pay a lot more. Driving your little uh, conversion van I'm from Buffalo you, down to Atlanta. I'm shocking I'm you, Judd. The gas money. The league The league is trying to think of a centralized location. I'm with Judd. I'm usually not on this show, but um, I'm with Judd. I, I, said, think I think they made a mistake here. Vegas would have been Why a not blast go double dip? U.S. Bank Stadium. I know. That's that what we were awesome. saying. Game early. That would be awesome. NFC game late. Double dip it. would be great. Let's make it happen. Yeah, just clear out the – have like a two-hour gap instead of a 30-minute gap between games. Clear football out the crowd, bring in a new crowd. Oh, football day in Minnesota. Football. Like bring it on, football. baby. Play an outdoor high school game mm-hmm. early in the day at like 9 a.m. Yep, just go nuts. I think we. I think you're on to something here. Football day in Minnesota. Presented by Bally's Sports North. Coming up next. Um. Okay, let's. Uh, we got a lot of stuff on Purple Daily. We're gonna get to, but let's get to let's get to this Asamoa. You you texted us earlier today, and I agree. This is worth sort of fleshing out because my my first thought seeing Asamoa on the injury report with a banged up knee, and we don't know the designations for the game, like questionable, doubtful, et cetera. Those don't come out until tomorrow, right? So we don't know what his exact status is, um, and he's not a full time linebacker I mean he's he's an inside linebacker he's the backup to both Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks but they have been rotating him in and he is much faster than those two guys much more nimble younger fresher legs when he doesn't have a knee injury and this would seem like the type of a game where and he played some snaps against the Giants last time these two teams played if you're looking for someone to spy a little bit on Daniel Jones who's one of the best rushing quarterbacks in the league I feel like the Asamoah could be a sneaky loss if he's not playing or if he's not 100%. He's not going to play 70 snaps, but even in like 15, 20, 25 snaps as someone that can maybe track down Daniel Jones, something to keep an eye on here this weekend. So Asamoah played 27 snaps in the Christmas Eve game against the Giants here. That's his season high. He played 26 in the next game in the debacle against the Packers. Um, Here's what the Giants are going to do because this is just obvious. In the game that was played here before that the Vikings won on the uh, Greg Joseph last-second field goal, Saquon Barkley only rushed 14 times for 84 yards and a touchdown. He had a good day, but keep in mind, he had 14 carries. He had eight receptions, so 22 touches. He's going to run the ball more on Sunday. There's no question. Daniel Jones threw for 334 yards and a touchdown and also rushed four times for 34 yards. My guess is that the Giants are going to try and establish the ground game more in this game than they did the last. If you have Hicks and Kendricks out there the entire game, because going back to the going back to the vent line that we did from um, from Surly Phil when you weren't there after the Dolphins game, and Thor came on from the Before I Die podcast. Thor said the Asamoa knock is he struggles against the pass but he's very good against the run. Mm-hmm. And so if you think about this, if you now can't play him, there's really no one to take his place. Like, it's not like you've got this depth at the linebacker spot. So if Jordan Hicks starts to struggle, he can be replaced. 
So I think that this is a major thing. Uh, Asamoa, not surprisingly, set out the Bears game, limited in practice on Wednesday with a knee. But I think this is a massive defensive X factor because I really think that Jones and Barkley, uh, between the fact that Saquon, I'm pretty sure, will probably carry the ball about 20 times, and Jones has the ability then to to do the a lot of read option, which I think yeah. they'll probably default to. If you're going with two veteran linebackers who to who to uh, who to go back on what you said, struggle at times to keep up. I think Asamoa is the X factor here. Yeah, they so that Giants offense, it's a lot of play action, it's a lot of pre-snap motion, it's a lot of it's a lot of jet sweep motion and also read option. Yeah. So yeah, there's just easy ways to get caught up in the spin cycle if you're a linebacker and have to recover and uh it's something Oh yeah. So anyways, did you guys just lose my connection for yeah, a minute just there? Just for a little bit, little little uh Oh, we did. Snap motion there. Don't let the New York media censor my takes. That's right. That, I didn't even see that. Wow. <laughs> Go away, Grant. Poof. Poof. I'm a ninja. But yeah. Yeah. Barkley's going to run. I I got to think that he's going to carry the ball more out of the backfield than 14 times. Don't you? I would think so. I don't think I don't think you want to go road playoff game. Daniel Jones is very limited. He's right. he's fine, but like he's not a guy that you want to put you know, 40 throws on the shoulder of, and he doesn't, he's, we, we talked about this yesterday. He threw 170 fewer passes than Kirk Cousins did this season. And I'm not, I actually think the Vikings probably put a little too much on Kirk Cousins at times this year. Mm-hmm. So the giants are going to want to come in here and they're going to want to run with Saquon Barkley. They're going to want to run with Daniel Jones and they're going to want to leverage the threat of that run to create play action opportunities. And so your linebackers are going to be a huge, huge part of this game. The Giants racked up like 450 yards of offense against the Vikings defense yes. in that game. So we'll have to see what, uh, as Ed Donatel has been talking to the media this morning, saying, you know, we're going to, this is our time now. Playoffs are our time to, to step up. It's like, ah, I don't know if that, if that switch exists to be flipped, but we'll see. Jones in the game here, 30 of 42, 334 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Well, Here's my so, guess, though. Maybe you do throw it 40 times, I guess, I don't think it worked do. against this defense. It did, but here's why I think you don't do, do that. You have no desire to have Justin Jefferson on the field any more than necessary. So, like, I like it's one thing to be quick strike, and if the Vikings hemorrhage passing yards, that's great. But if I am now going, I don't know, three and out, or I'm scoring, and now they've got the ball back in a playoff game, I think the starting point is this. My defense is better against Jefferson if it's not on the field. Mm-hmm. And so if I can run the ball and run clock and Barkley's really damn good, I think I prefer that as a playoff formula than saying, Daniel Jones, you can pass for 400 yards. So I think that there is a, I think there's a way to bring back what the Giants did to still potentially be successful but to eat more clock and keep Cousins and Jefferson off the field more. Yeah. It's a good breakdown right there. If you want more meat and potatoes breakdown, Alex Boone provided it in film review form over on Purple Daily, Trenches with Boone. And we will have our State of the Offense episode, sort of the – it's going to be can the Vikings make a Super Bowl run 
part, and then also some Kirk Cousins, what he might expect against the Giants, a deep dive on some really interesting trends that I think people will uh, will like. So check that out on Purple Daily. Thanks to Randy and Cottage Grove for bringing two stables to the show today. Very nice. We're sorry. Apologize. We apologize. Full apologies, yep. Randy. You were right. Won't happen again. And uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow for a Feedback Friday on Mackie and Judd.